Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand episode of The Wrap right here on the Fiking Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we try to recover from a very busy week in WWE as we get ready for Money in the Bank going down in a couple of weeks' time in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Keela Cash, and by my side, as always, is my co-captain, my right-hand man, the wise man, and the sometimes advocate for one Von Wagner. I bring to you noted Golden State hater for at least the next 365 days as I champion the reigning defending NBA champions of the world, the uh, Golden State Warriors. I am gold-blooded through and through as I present to you the number one hater, Scott Young. Welcome back, Scott. You three-time loser now on this show. <laughs> so I hate basketball. That's, that's the first thing. Um, secondly, Keela. Like I like I told you last week or the week before, whichever week it was that Golden State won a game before we recorded, we got beef. So it is not a pleasure recording here with you and chopping it up and talking all things WWE and the week that was. And it was a, a really crazy week. Um, but, uh, you know, real quick, I, I just want to get something off my chest here. I, uh, you know, basketball has been a, a big part of my life, you know, ever since I was a, a young, a young little whippersnapper. Um, you know, it's, it's kept me out of trouble. You know, it gave me discipline, especially when, when I was in high school and I was a little bit of a, you know, a, a, a wild child, you know, and just, just acting all kinds of foolishness, but, but basketball, it kept me straight and narrow, you know, and then I became a coach and won a couple state championships. And, you know, I, I just, I, I built a love for the game, you know, and, and, and an appreciation for the game and uh it's you know all of that was 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 taken from me just in a a brief splash you know uh pun intended for the splash brothers just just a brief splash and it was all gone um i uh it, it hurts you know this is uh it's gonna be a rough year I know, I know you're happy. I know the boss is happy. We got beef. I got beef with you too, Gigi. <laughs> you know, I know you the boss, but I still got beef. We got beef, dude. You know, me, you got beef. Me and Keela got beef. And all the other Golden State Warriors fans out there, we got beef. And you know what? All the Boston fans, we got beef. Hey, man, it's going to be a rough 365. I had a meltdown on Twitter and on Facebook. I think I got it all out until the parade. Um, but, but I, I think, I think I'm good until the parade, but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this sucks. This is great. This sucks. This is fantastic. I'm so happy. I went through, I went through three years of misery of the Warriors not going anywhere. It was very sad times for me, but for them to come back the way they did and to win their fourth championship in eight years. And Steph Curry is now a top 10 player at the table with the greats, the MVP Long deserved and long less. Kevin Kevin Durant somewhere crying right now, saying, "I left Golden State." You did, you idiot. Yeah, I mean, you idiot. <laughs> Steph Steph Curry just cracked the top twenty-five. Oh, don't downplay him like that. Top twenty-five, my ass. <laughs> it's top ten. That boy, that boy just cracked the top twenty-five. No, he did not. He's top ten at the table with the greats. With that the Jordans, was, with the Bronies. That dude is, with yeah, the with the Bronies. Yeah, that's right, with the Bronies. Not with yeah, LeBron. But listen, he with the LeBron, Bronies. Bronies. Well, I don't know about Bron Bronny yet. We'll find out about him eventually. But, you know, he's at the big board table now. 
Congrats to him. He's at the big boy table. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Congrats to the Warriors. I still hate basketball. <laughs> that last disclaimer. You're going to hate it for the next year or so, and then they win again next year. Yo, I'm stop so it. Come on. That's, that's blasphemy. They're not winning back to back. This ain't a Drake song. <laughs> Kendrick ain't coming out with no album next year. This ain't, they, ain't, they ain't winning no title. They're going to win it back to Kendrick back. Does, Kendrick does not release albums back to back. Well, the Golden State Warriors will. They're going to run it back to back. They're going to do it again. Five-time champions. I love to see it. I'm very happy for the crew, especially Clay. Went through it the last couple of years. And so I want to clarify, he can also go to Red Lobster with me. Table's full. It's set. Ready to go. He seems like he'd be a Red Lobster guy. Yeah, he's very chill. I like that. So we have a good time. Lobster Fest all month long. I don't like him either. I used to like Clay. I don't like Clay either. <laughs> the whole team you hate now. Such a shame. But hey, I bask in your misery. It feels great. I feel like Keith Lee. I want to pose and use big words and just express <laughs> how happy I am to know that this is hell for you for the next year. Yeah, I um, I I, I can't even like... I can't even I can't even pick up a ball to go play basketball without just getting pissed off. Like I <laughs> like I'm like it's 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 a it's a it's a crazy and terrible thing. It's gonna be a while before I can go play and it, it really upsets me. Oh, come on, be like Cody for the love of the game. Go out there and do it again. Come on. You can do it. Pick up that basketball and you shoot your shot. Come on. Nah, the only basketball I'm picking up is two K and I'm 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 playing the the Warriors on rookie. Oh, my God. And somehow they'll win, too. Stop. They're just built different. <laughs> Stop. On every level, rookie level, G League, the professional league, they're great. And, you know, I could talk about the Warriors all day. I can't do it. It's tempting just to antagonize Scott even more. But we got to get to some serious news because it's been a hell of a week for WWE. And honest to God, I thought to myself when I was putting together our topics before Wednesday, I thought this is going to be a very quiet week. It's going to be kind of boring, honestly. How can we pull a show together? And then the Vince bomb dropped Wednesday afternoon. And we have a shitstorm on our hands at Titan Towers as Vince McMahon is under investigation by his own WWE board of directors, first supported by the Wall Street Journal. Apparently, he paid off his former employee and mistress $3 million in a hush money payment that would be paid in installments over the next three or so years. John Laurinaitis is a snap dab in the middle of this controversy, along with several controversies around sec several improprieties regarding sexual relationships at Titan Towers over the years. And this is leading to NDAs being unveiled, saying this has happened before. And let's be honest with ourselves. We're not shocked by this news. Hell is hot. Water is wet. Vince has been known to step out in his marriage on more than one occasion. This isn't shocking, but the fact that you're possibly using company funds to pay off 
these relationships is definitely a choice and not a good one. And everyone thought, what would be the result of this investigation? What would be the outcome? Is this the one thing after so many attempts to oust Vince? Would this be the one that would finally be the death knell? And come to find out by Friday morning, we got some answers as he has stepped down voluntarily as CEO and chairman of the board. And in his place is someone that recently took a leave of absence, his own daughter, Stephanie McMahon. She is now the interim CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE. And she got read for filth in a business journal article a couple of weeks ago about how she was a bad chief branding officer. She didn't know what she was doing. And now she's literally in the head chair of the company from a corporate standpoint. And before the pop shame, before, before the champagne bottles are popped about Vince being gone, it should be noted that Vince is still in charge of creative. He still has the book day to day. He's still producing Raw and SmackDown. He's still dictating storylines. So it ain't all gone. It's not all Vince completely disappearing from WWE. So has hands all over the product. So with the investigation continuing with the independent law firm going into the investigation further, Scott, do you foresee Vince surviving this latest controversy that has really dominated the headlines as of late. And he appeared on Friday Night Smackdown a couple of days ago, and he got a hero's welcome in Minneapolis, Minnesota. These people loved him. They gave him a setting ovation. They sung his song. They clapped. They cheered. He says, we're in this then, now, forever, together. I don't know who is we, because it ain't me. But do you? He got the Vanity Pop, popped a rating for SmackDown as well. And I think this was tacky, but at the same time, this was restraint by Vince Standards, because it was 20 years ago. He might have said something else. He might have really went there and tried to stoke the flame, so to speak. So for him to be just out there to get the cheap pop, good for him in some ways. But ultimately, this investigation will lead to more truths that have been hidden from WWE for a very long time, which could lead to his ouster. But when is enough enough when it comes to Vince and all these stories unfolding as of late? I mean, I, I think I think the reaction that he got tells the story right there. It, and I I'm not surprised by it. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a guy who is is fully, you know, I support the WD 100%. You know, I'm I'm gonna watch all their programming or as much as I can. That doesn't mean I support Vince McMahon and the decisions that he makes. But am I surprised by it? Nah, I I, I this this is what he does. Like whether whether we like it or whether we want to admit it, it is what it is. Like this is what Vince McMahon does. Vince McMahon gets caught up in an allegation, regardless of what it is, and he finds a way out. I mean, he he finds a way out. Someone takes the fall for him. Something is going to happen. It's going to get swept under the rug. Now, this is a new day and age. This is an age where people won't forget. They won't let you forget. And then social media is a powerful thing because it's something you can always go, look back on. So, you know, maybe he does it. Does it ruin? Is this the end of Vince McMahon? No. You know, this is Vince McMahon is going to be with WWE in some form or fashion until he dies. And I, I don't mean that as any type of negative connotation or any any ill will. That's just genuinely what I think, because that's he lives and breathes this like this is what he does. And he's going to do everything in his power to stay connected and invested in WWE, even if that means he has to step down as the face. 
You know, even if that means he has to just be behind the scenes and in the shadows. This is what Vince McMahon does. I, I, I would be shocked. I would be shocked if this is the end of Vince McMahon, you know, with WWE. I, I would be shocked. But I, am I, like, I'm not surprised by it. And, and no, I, I think Vince McMahon will still come out of this attached and connected to the WWE as far as in charge. He's still running. Like you said, he's still running creative. He's still in charge. Everything still runs through him. I think everything will stay the same when all this is said and done. I feel slightly differently about it because, as you mentioned, it's a new day and age. And I don't think this story will be quickly forgotten if there's more to it, if more people publicly step out and say this has been going on for a very long time because it feels like this has been a culture shift in WWE and that you're not going to take this anymore. There's been a lot of leaks from Titan Towers as of late reading Stephanie and then this leakage of the email about the payment of $3 million. Somebody's got axe to grind. It might be Stephanie in some ways. I feel like this is a real life game of succession. And when you see scandals like this coming out and you see that um, McMahon might not be in charge of this company long term when you hear the rumble of a sale potentially taking place somewhere down the road that could be expedited in the next year or so. If someone wants to say, hey, I don't want to pay for these rights fees anymore. Let's buy the entire company. That might be the strategy moving forward. But I do think that for the first time, this story won't be swept under the rug because I think there are several people in that company that's got an axe to grind and they're not afraid to leak stuff to the press to get their point across anymore. Now, I will say this, if I, I will agree with you there, if this becomes a snowball avalanche type thing where one after another and we start, you know, getting forming a line here of people, then I think, OK, you know, I, then I, I might have to, you know, then I'll be like, OK, you know, there's 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 legs to this. He's this is it. This is the end of, of this is the end of Vince McMahon with WWE. If it just stays like this with, you know, this one this one source and then just a few rumors thrown out there i think nothing comes of it but if we if we get that snowball effect that you speak of i'm 100% with you this that will take him out but it's going to it's going to take a snowball like it's going to take an avalanche to take a a titan like Vince McMahon out like you're going to need a few people to speak out you're like you're going to need more than what they have right now Agreed. And I think that might be necessary because I'm kind of tired of wrestling being immune to all of the bad things happening in the world. Like, hey, sexual harassment and leveraging your power for sex. Hey, we can do that in wrestling. At some point, you do you do want to clean up that culture. You want to get into the 21st century. You don't want to be a carny promotion anymore. You, you want to be respected as a multi-billion dollar corporation and you don't want this shit attached to it anymore. And I do sense that somebody is going to say something beyond what we know thus far that's worse than what we already know. And I feel that day is coming. I just feel like for the first time in a really long time, people are not afraid to leak stuff, say stuff, and let it be known. And it's probably coming from his own family and in a circle at this point, which is really interesting. So let's shoot it back this way. If there was a way to oust Vince from power, who would you pick to run the, the day-to-day operations of WWE, not only from a corporate standpoint, but who would you give the book to in terms of being the lead booker? Oh, boy, man. That's, <laughs> I, you know what? I, people are, I mean, Triple H is the sexy answer, and I, I think he's the popular choice. And 
it depends on whether he wants to do that. Like Triple H is in a completely different spot right now, you know, like in his in his life and what he wants to do. So, but as far as someone who you who I think would be like, all right, and it would be outside the box thinking, and I think they would have learned from their mistakes, just from what I've heard from them on their podcast a little bit. I think Jeff Jarrett. I man, I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to Jeff Jarrett getting in the, a shot running WWE. Um, I know people are gonna be like, oh, "Are you crazy? Look at what he did with TNA." You, you have to obviously, you have to put a good circle around him. But some of the 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 ideas, the concepts were good. The execution and how they went about it, and how Jeff Jarrett just constantly had the title. That's where the problem came in. But the some of the concepts that he came up with. Man, I don't think Jeff Jarrett would be a bad idea, and he would be completely different from what we have, and it would just feel like a breath of fresh air. And obviously, you would have to you would have to bring him in because he, you know, some of like I said, some of his stuff was a little wild, but I think he brings a lot of good concepts. Um, and then if it's not him, I think you got to go with Paul Heyman, and and you just got you have to give Paul Heyman everything though. You got to give him everything, the book, um, the 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 checkbook. <laughs> and you just got to let him just do what he wants, which if Jared, I think you can just give him the book and Nick and then Nick Khan would take care of everything else. Uh, but if you do go with Paul Heyman, you got to give him everything. Agreed. I have a couple ideas in mind that might be a little outside the box as well. If I had to give the book to somebody, it would be if he's allowed to do whatever he needs to do without a Bruce Pritchard or a Kevin Dunn around I would say give the book to Shawn Michaels because he's the kind of guy that's not going to be stuck on size because he represents hey, average size dudes. I wasn't tall. I wasn't the biggest, but I knew what I needed to do to get over. And he's not going to be stuck on the cosmetics of it all. So I think he'll think that way and just focus on the talent and the charisma of the talent to get them over regardless of how they look. If I'm going in the talent relations route, I would probably give, if he would like to do it, if he likes to pursue this post-wrestling, give Cody Rhodes that responsibility as head of talent relations. Uh, you know, I'm all for Cody Luther King, but I don't know about them reparations with the stories, though. You, you know, Cody, Cody, he go a little overboard with some of his stories. See, he he would be another guy like Jeff Jarrett. You just gotta have the right people around him. You know, that might actually that's probably a good idea because he's a younger guy too, and he would. You just gotta have the right people around him. I think that that's the key for whoever gets the book after Vince. You just it's all about the right people because even with Vince he has these yes men so we don't know what Vince really thinks because whatever he just knows whatever I say they're gonna agree with so like you have to have the right people around you regardless of how good of a booker you individually are or the ideas that you have are yes I would say that there are some good people backstage Adam Pierce is one of those people Hurricane's one of those people TJ Wilson if you got that brain trust around you this company would be just fine if you just get rid of the yes man Bruce Pritchard Michael Hayes John Laurinaitis Kevin Dunn if you get rid of the cesspool of people that suck and you let this next gen crew that sincerely have a love for this breakthrough and help really forward momentum for WWE to be the leading force yeah you're number one 
you have the most money obviously you got the television real estate but it feels very outdated and antiquated in terms of how you run your business day to day there are so many fresh ideas and perspectives out there just go there and take a risk and see where it goes i think the fans would appreciate that but we'll see it's a lot of brainstorming here i just think that for the first time in a really long time these ideas are not exactly outside the box it's kind of probable but it will be with the result of this investigation we'll see how it goes but to even think this after years of wondering when Vince would step down and to think that this scandal could be it is crazy but at the same time it's not surprising because we know that Vince has a pattern of behavior like this but now we might get to see how extensive it is and I'm afraid of the stories that might come out regarding all of the harassment allegations that has been running rampant over the years this final chapter of this because this is this is the either this is the beginning of the final chapter how long the chapter is that that depends but this is the beginning of the final chapter and this is going to be a very interesting chapter in the vince mcmahon story yes he turned 77 in a couple of months there's books being written about him documentaries by netflix being produced and i can only imagine the editing that's taking place right now to add the next chapter to this ever-evolving story that will continue to unfold in the weeks and months to come as we move on to our second lead story this week which happens to be the health status of randy orton and a few weeks ago we heard some rumblings about a back injury to orton that might hold him out of action and at first i thought this was completely storyline based i saw the dude dancing to bianca belair's theme song when he was going backstage doing an episode of smackdown a few weeks ago and now we get word that he might need back surgery and will be out for the remainder of the year and I just felt this immediate sense of dread and sadness because Randy has been one of the best parts of WWE television over the last year or so. RK Bro was my tag team and he and Riddle have great chemistry and the presumed direction for SummerSlam was going to be Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Championship that is now off the books for now and it sucks to know that Cody's out. Randy's out and we know what happened on Smackdown which we'll get to shortly but Scott before the news broke as to what will happen at SummerSlam now who would you have picked to be in the driver's seat against Roman Reigns heading into SummerSlam season now knowing that will no longer be a possibility man it's Where I mean, what what a what a just a a bad WWE man. They just 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 a string of events uh, outside the ring, inside the ring. Where where do you even go? I mean, Bobby Lashley, he's right there. I mean, for me, Bobby Lashley's right there. That that matchup still needs to happen, still should happen, and I think he was in a in a spot where. It could have prolonged things, and I, I think Bobby Lashley's a guy you go like. That's what he. I think at this point he's solidified enough that that's what you do with him. You can make him champion at any point he's believable, and you can make him a believable challenger for anybody. He beat Brock Lesnar. You know when you have that on your resume, you are believable, especially in the kayfabe sense. That that makes you believable against anybody. He, I mean, for the WWE title. Not just the match for the WWE title. So, I I mean, for me, Bobby Lashley's right there. Agreed. And I cannot believe they did not go there. Seth Rollins is right there as well. Another option they could have went with. And this goes to WWE not preparing for the future. 
and it's telling. You got to call somebody to redo something we've already seen months ago at WrestleMania. And we'll get to that person eventually. But my goodness, this is what you get for not preparing for the future. And I look at AEW, for example, their champ is down in CM Punk, but I can name at least 12 people that are eligible to be that champion. In WWE, I can maybe count three or four people who are set to be champion. But knowing how WWE books and how they do things, odds are, I don't foresee a title switch at SummerSlam. The closest would be Clash at the Castle with Drew McIntyre. And hopefully something happens there to split up these belts in some ways. But this is on WWE and I get real irritated when people say I sympathize with WWE for going through this. No, you dictate your storylines. You are in charge of the book. You dictate who is going to be on top. And when you rely on too many top stars who've been on top for 10 or more years, you create this bottleneck of who can you push forward? And unfortunately, the options are limited. And that's on WWE to build stars for the future. And Bobby Lashley is a nice pick. He's in his 40s, though. It would have been a nice stopgap, but you need fresher, younger stars to really get over. And that's on WWE at the end of the day. I will say this as a little teaser for, for later on the show when we actually reveal who that person is. I do think we will get a title change, or at least there's a good possibility we get a title change at SummerSlam. I hope so. I think I know where you're going with it. I really hope so, because we need these titles broken up in some way, shape, or form. Get one belt on Raw or SmackDown to kind of ease this rain a bit because it's just too much right now with Roman at the, at the crib chilling most of the summer and he's not on TV working maybe once or twice a month. We need one of those belts on Raw or SmackDown for the rest of the year and we'll get to that mystery person as to who will be facing Roman Reigns at SummerSlam shortly as we move on to our third lead story this week, which is really a story still developing as Sasha Banks, maybe or maybe not, has been released by WWE. All we know is that there was a Roge bomb adjacent drop late Wednesday night suggesting that Sasha Banks was released by WWE. There is no official word from Sasha or from WWE as to her status in the company. There's been some rumblings going around that her lawyers are working behind the scenes to to expedite her release from the company. And right now, as we speak, she's still listed as a main roster member. I don't know if it should stay that way, considering everything that's going on with Vince McMahon. But for this situation to come to a head like this is very surprising to me. This indefinite suspension has been going on for almost a month now, and there is no end in sight. And to see Sasha Banks potentially leaving WWE and WWE just saying whatever, it's stunning to me that you don't see the value that Mercedes Renato brings to your company. She's a star of stars. She has elevated the women's division to new heights over the last seven years. The seven-year anniversary of her debut on Monday Night Raw is coming up next month. And to have a key member of that movement gone before then is absolutely stunning to me and I am not here for the erasure that will come due to her departure from WWE and that's the one thing I hate erasing someone's importance and what they meant to this company because you cannot get your shit together and based on what's been going on behind the scenes She's more justified in walking away, just like Naomi was a few weeks ago, based on what's been going on around WWE. I would walk too. And at this point, 
I probably would ask for my release as well. You know, there's there's only a handful of people who I genuinely believe can like make a significant difference, um, you know, jumping ship to AEW as far as, and not necessarily just in the ratings, but just, you know, you can put them anywhere and they can, they stand out. I think Swerve Scott was one of those people. I think, you know, anywhere you put him on the card, I think he should be higher, but him in the tag division still, he's, he's going to stand out and he already does. Mercedes, I think it's JD who said this name first. So I want to, I think I'm going to give him props. Like I think it was a JD Oliva, one of our fight game media guys from uh, brace for impact. I think he named Mercedes Banks, which would be a nice name for that way. You can keep the bank's name. Um, I think she is one of those people. She is a significant game changer. She's somebody who you sign, you put on TV, you advertise, you put on TV and you put it, you give her everything. You put the strap on her and you build to that Sasha Banks or Mercedes Banks versus Jade match. Like, I mean, like Sasha, Sasha Banks is in, in my eyes, she's a female equivalent to Roman. It, to me, like that's that's how I view Sasha as far as what she is, the crossover appeal, how I think the fans view her. Like, she's one of those people who, no matter what story she's in, what she just did, who she just lost to, what just happened, the fans are always with her. And you talk about how WWE is going to go about erasing history and stuff. You can't do that with Sasha you that's that's not something you can do this isn't dean ambrose with the shield where you can just show a whole bunch of videos of seth and roman in a tag team or seth and roman just doing the fist bumper seth and roman having the moments because they you know they had each had you know moments with just twos and each of each of them had that you can't do that with sasha banks because every big moment every first that happened with WWE, with the women's revolution, with every big time match, with some of the greatest women's matches of all time in WWE, they all involve Sasha Banks. When you think of the best women's matches of all time, I mean, just me off the top, Bianca, Sasha, Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. It's one of the best women's matches I've seen, especially with the emotion and the You can't erase history. Her and Bianca are the two first black women to main event and go for the women's championship to close out the show. You can't erase history like that. So for me, this is WWE saying the brand, you're not bigger than the brand. Sasha Banks is somebody that you got to bend a little bit for. She's somebody that you you take care of, man. And she's she is more than bent over for WWE. Like she's more than taken a few on the on the chin for WWE. And for them not to return that, I, you know, it, it's hard to sympathize with them. Like, you know, it's hard to be like, yeah, but maybe she, I hope she stays around. No, I hope she does what she wants and gets the bag. Like whatever it is that her gets the bag, I want her to do that because she's a star, man. And so when you, when you talk about erasing history, I wouldn't be concerned about that because you can't do that with Sasha Banks. Her versus Bailey, Iron Woman match, um, main eventing the NXT Takeover that changed the game. The story with Bailey, her matches with Charlotte, um, 
tapping Charlotte out. Uh, her and her and Naomi being the first black women's tag team champions. You can't erase history, and you can't do that. You can't erase Sasha Banks from women's history. And I hope that WWE doesn't try it. But here's a theory. Here's a thought. So Stephanie McMahon is now the interim chairwoman of the board. Is it possible? Is it reasonable? Is it probable that the reason we don't have any clear answer regarding Sasha's status is because Steph's like, listen, I'm here now. Let's talk. Is that possible? Does Stephanie have enough sway in that chair to reverse the suspension and get Sasha and Naomi back on TV. So, and I don't mean this with any disrespect. I'm, if Naomi leaves, Naomi leaves. That's, that's kind of my mindset on that. If she leaves, she leaves. If she stays, that's good. She's, she's a, she's a good piece to have. Like she's a, a, a good wrestler to have. But Sasha Banks, man, you just you have to you got to do everything in your power to keep her. And yes, I do think Stephanie get, at least gets a conversation. I, I, I think I think there has to have at least been that type of relationship built up for Sasha to continuously to, for her to get, you know, and talk as highly as she does. And like and I think Stephanie understands the value that Sasha brings, not only as a woman, as a black woman, but just as a star. Like, I, I think Stephanie sees what Vince doesn't. So I, I, I absolutely think she at least warrants a conversation. I would hope so. That might explain why this has been delayed and lawyers are working. Hopefully they can come to some kind of understanding, whether it's a new contract. If she wants out, she wants out. I completely understand it. At some point you get tired of the bullshit and she reached her limit recently. And I don't blame her in hindsight, especially when you're dealing with Vince and that Johnny Laurinaitis, who's been in the press as well. So when you deal with those kind of folks, that guy's you get a dickhead. tired. That guy's a dickhead. He yeah, is a whole a penis, dickhead. an ass, all of that. And he deserves all the smoke. Brian Danielson is probably going to choke him out at the next family dinner. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, like, how could you do that to to the Bella's mom? That's like everything she's been through. Like that, like he's that's he's a scumbag for that, man. Like, that's that's crazy. Like, I, that's, 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 let's let's keep going. I'm sorry. That, that's completely off subject. But I like stuff like that. Like, just bringing his name up just makes me think about that. And. You know, I hope he does choke him out. <laughs> Sorry, I you know I, I I don't know where that came. That's that's that Golden State anger come rubbing off on me. That's that's that Golden State anger coming out. At least it's going in the right places. Yes, and you know what? I co-sign on that because I can't stand him either. I hated the fact they got rehired a couple of years ago. Like for what? Like we're going back to the old days of looking through catalogs to find hot women that you would love to fuck. Hate to be frank, but that's what he does. It's what he does. It's what he do in this situation. And he's apparently done it time and time again. And the Bella's mama went through brain surgery over the last couple of years, convalescing. And you're going to go around and get some, I don't want to say the word, but that's what you did. And you dirty. And then you want to... You want to belittle people that stand up to your bullshit. At some point, you're over it. And if I was Sasha, I'm not coming back if he's there because I don't want to deal with that anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. That would be one of my caveats. So, like, we had our Johnny Ace moment. It's fuck him all day. Not in that way. Just want to clarify that because never, never would that happen. 
I digress on all of that. No cheddar biscuits for Johnny. Hell no. Hell <laughs> no. Hell no. He don't get a cheddar biscuit. Larry is going to stay in the tank. He is not getting bored for his ass at all. I know, that. I know that's right. All right. So let's just move on from that mess, that situation to Monday Night Raw as we finally segue to the television shows this week, which should be the lead stories but real life shit tends to get in the way. And we had to talk about all of that this week right here on The Wrap. And I do want to get to the presentation of Tomasa Ciampa on Monday Night Raw thus far. I think he cut a grand total of one promo backstage as he, as he was introduced to Ezekiel, not Elias. And since then, he has attacked and or ambushed Mustafa Ali and Riddle. And we have never heard a single explanation as to why he has attacked these men. He just randomly beats up people, then lose in matches that are competitive. And we've seen Tommaso Ciampa's work on NXT, the Blackheart, the Psycho Killer, the multi-time NXT champion. The guy is great. He can talk. He can work. He can do it all. What the hell is going on with his presentation on Monday Night Raw where we don't see any of that at all? You ask me to talk about his presentation. What's there to talk about? I mean, what what do we have to talk about? You just laid it out there. What What is there to talk about with his presentation? He is just a guy. He is just a guy with a long beard. That's it. He's a, he's a bald guy with a beard. That that's all he genuinely is. That let me. I'm sorry. He's a bald guy with a beard that Edge mentioned one time, and now Edge is gone. So nobody remembers that either. So what is there to talk about? Like, why did you even, why did you call him up from NXT 2.0 when he could be working with Carmelo Hayes? Like, that's a, that's a few I would have liked to see. He could be working with the Creed brothers. He could be working with, he could still be working with Braun Breaker behind the scenes. Like, he could be working with Tony D. He could be working with all these different people. He could be working with the women. What are we doing? I, it, it, wh- why did you, you didn't need to call him up to do this. Like there are guys that are on level up that could be, that could be used for what you're using him for. He's, he's not winning matches. It's not like you're pushing him. So I, it, the, the presentation there is no presentation. He is he is just a guy. And that is so sad because you mentioned everything he could do on 2.0 as a coach at this point. And his services would be better used behind the scenes to help these younger stars get over on the road and on television. Because whatever they're doing on Monday Night Raw is not it. And I was irritated on Monday. You beat up Riddle one week and we don't get an entrance for you the next. We don't get a promo. We don't get a reason why. Like, what are we doing? Why did you call him up? And Gagano's like, well, I'm glad I didn't resign because look at what's happening with Ciampa. Why would I show up to shit like this at this point? It makes no sense. It really doesn't. I, I, I guess I'm I guess I'm just trying to figure out like just the the mindset of calling one of the few veterans up from 2.0 when the whole point of 2.0 is for them to work with the veterans. I I don't know. Maybe that's just me. 
you know, maybe maybe I'm still scatterbrained from from the Warriors winning the championship and I can't think straight. But if you want veterans to work with them, you can't call up all your veterans. Who's who? What veteran male is still there? Santos. Santos Escobar is there. Roderick Strong. I haven't seen him wrestle in a few weeks. So is he there? He's there. He's still working. You're right. That's true. Okay. So you got Roddy, a great hand, but I don't see him in the ring. So that's not helping anybody. Who else is like, ah, Ciampa's great on the mic too. Like that's another area that he could be working with guys. Again, that's an area he is levels above people. And you talk about it. Why isn't he just on the mic then? Just let that guy talk on the stick for a little bit. I, I don't know, man. I, who who knows? He's like I said, he's just a guy. We'll see what he we'll see what he does next week. Nothing. He will say Not, nothing. That's he it? will attack someone else. He will never say why. He'll have a match. It'll be good for five minutes and he'll lose. That's where we are with Champa, and that's a damn shame because this guy is great in every way. Great talker, great worker, can get over. But for some reason, we don't get to see that on Monday Night Raw, the flagship show, when you need stars on Monday night. Now more than ever. But I digress on all of that as we get to some good stuff from Monday, including a Money in the Bank qualifying match on the men's side featuring Seth freaking Rollins versus AJ Styles. And I thought this was the best match on the show by far. I love the action between both men. They just bring out the best in each other. And it was nice to see AJ have a good match on Raw for a change. He had the feud with Edge. It was very hit or miss for me. And I'm thinking it was a chemistry thing, but that was not the problem with Rollins on Monday night. Great match. Fantastic near falls. And Seth gets to win as he moves one step closer to being a two-time Mr. Money in the Bank. And at this point, I would love to see him win the entire thing, cash in preferably at SummerSlam and be champion once more to antagonize Cody heading into next year's Warrior Rumble and ultimately WrestleMania season as well. This was a very good match. Um, you know, these guys have a really good chemistry. I think back to when Rollins was WWE champion and he, him and AJ going for the belt. That was a, a, another great AJ Rollins match to look back on. Um, you know, this is, this is what Rollins does, man. Like Rollins brings out the best in people. You talked about how and you, and you could hear it in, in in the way you said it, and you know, and then tone in your voice when you said AJ had a nice match on Raw, and it, you know, it was almost like it's like a welcome change. That's Seth Rollins, man. Say what you want. That's Seth Rollins. People give Rollins a lot of crap because he because he's a company guy and because he, you know, he he stands by his flag and he will die on that hill with the flag, you know, as the flag bearer. But Seth Rollins is is genuinely as good as advertised. He, I, you know, look at what he's done with Cody. He's he's put on. Look at, actually, look at what he's done with his last two trilogies. Cody Edge. He he is that guy, man. Like I I'm not here for any Seth Rollins slander. You know, people can try to knock him, and yeah, he's not he's not. I'm not saying he's the best in the world. But you can't tell me that he's not, you know, if he's not the best, that he's not right there beside him. You know, he's he's that good and he's on that type of run. I do hope at some point in the next year or so or even sooner, but in the next year, he does get a title reign because he is he is that good. And I I think that he could elevate the title at a time where 
not a lot of people can really hold the title and keep it at a level that Roman Reigns is at right now. I think he's a guy that can keep it there. I agree. And I think that in the next year or two, I really want him to be a baby face because the fans are ready to just go with this guy once again. And I'm going to be brazen to say that I've had my issues with Seth in terms of character work. The Messiah gimmick wasn't for me necessarily. But as a professional wrestler that is going to elevate anybody he's working with, he's top 10 in the world in my eyes. He's that great when given the chance to do his thing in the ring. Top 10 otherworldly performer and you see it all the time when he's given the chance to show up and show out Cody Rhodes prime example edge last fall back-to-back trilogies that's not easy to do to deliver six different matches that makes you feel six different ways and then he fused with Kevin Owens for a bit and he tangles up with AJ Styles this past week he is versatile I go back to the Warrior Rumble that was a highlight with him and Roman Reigns until the fucked up DQ finish like he just brings out the best in his opponents and at some point you don't want to boo him anymore because he's so damn great the people sing his song and it's infectious and I just want this guy to have that one prime babyface run when he can be a champion and be over as a star in the prime of his career I mean let's let's keep it 100 he's the one who got Dominic Mysterio a job he ain't had a match that good since Seth Rollins <laughs> at SummerSlam so I mean I, I, I just you know people just give that guy a hard time because of what he says on Twitter and you know they knock him for his you know what he does in the ring. Now I I do I will give a little pushback on Rollins as a babyface because I I I do see why people don't like him. He is really annoying. Like his his voice, his laugh, like everything about him is really annoying. The reason he works as a babyface is because he's he's got great fire and he you know he just puts on great matches and he can he's one of those people who can just build sympathy. He's got a lot of Shawn Michaels in him in that when he starts selling he can build sympathy and when he's building a comeback he can he builds momentum really well. That's one thing I thought Shawn Michaels always did really well. But I really like Rollins as this heel, man. I like him as the antagonist, you know, as the guy that's that's always poking the bear and always doing this and that laugh. It's so annoying. And you want to see the you want to see Cody smack him in the face. You wanted to see Edge smack him around like you want to see the bad guy do that. And WWE doesn't have heels, good heels who make you feel like that. So. I only give that pushback because he's so good at being a heel too, and WWE doesn't have that. So I, I think they they need him more on the heel side. I do agree to a point, but I think he's evolved the character enough to pull it off as a babyface eventually. I just I just think the fans are ready for it. I've been ready for it for the last year or so, and I hope it happens soon. But I do agree that right now in this moment, he's better off as a heel. But he's so damn good. He's so damn good that it's very difficult for people to boo him because he's great in every way. And I hope he wins money in the bank and cashes in perfectly at SummerSlam to get a belt from Roman Reigns. All I'm saying. And now we got to talk about the closing angle to Monday Night Raw. The main event of Monday Night Raw, a show that has been on the air for nearly 30 years. And we are almost 10 years until this show running into the three-hour period. 
with Raw 1000 10 years ago this year. We end the show with a pose down involving United States Champion Theory and Bobby Lashley. We had baby oral. We had pecs on display, muscles and biceps flexing. And Austin Theory gets shown up by Bobby Lashley expectantly. And then to end Monday Night Raw, the flagship show, Theory sprays baby oral all over Bobby Lashley. He squirts him in the eye. It's just, what was this? What in the world was this? I did not care for this very much. I guess we're building towards Theory and Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. And if Bobby takes the title from Theory, that means Theory won't lose to John Cena with the belt. I get it. But what a lazy way to end the show. Imagine buying a ticket to Monday Night Raw and this is the last thing you see on a three-hour show. You know, we talked earlier about people potentially getting the book and running the show. You know whose idea this was, right? Because you, you, this was obviously the guy who had the last pose down, Mr. Hunter himself. This is definitely oh. a Triple H idea. <laughs> this is definitely a Triple H idea. Him and Scotty, you know, Big Papa Pump and their 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 infamous pose down. I I I, I can't. I, what? This was the idea for the main event, man. And you had the Rollins AJ match right there. You know, I, was there a game on? Was there a game on that Monday? There was game five of the NBA Finals, Warriors oh, okay. and Celtics. They 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 said screw it. We're we're not competing with that. So we'll just put baby oil on for the main event. It's after hours anyway. I'm I'm honestly surprised that he didn't have, you know, a few women out there get sprayed with the baby oil too. Again, growth. Well it's 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 minimal, but it's growth. Because let's keep it one hundred. If this was 10, 10 years ago or so there would have definitely been at least three or four divas out there rubbing the oil on them. And then all of a sudden they get sprayed with the oil and they're rubbing it all over themselves. Now we've got a mixed bra and panties match. You know what? That is a just terrible thought. And you're right. So we have grown. (laughs) We have grown from where we could have been 10 years ago to where we are now. It's just two dudes out there posing with baby oil and you know, I just two dudes out there <laughs> posing with baby oil. And you know, when Roberto got sprayed with the baby oil, um, all I'm gonna say, I'm trying to be as clean as I can. All I thought to myself is that wow, the next season of Black is gonna be something special. Oh boy, man. I um this is uh we talk about NXT 2.0 being after hours. This was about as after hours as it gets. I mean, this I mean, you got you got let's I mean, let's keep it 100. You got Theory and Lashley. Like Theory looks like the guy in jail who becomes somebody's girlfriend. You know what I'm saying? Like that and, and Bobby Lashley looks like the guy who's like he's mine you know he put what what movie was it where you put your hand in the pocket and and, and you claim them that's what bobby lashley went and did the theory he would put his hand in his pocket and he claimed them oh my god and you know that probably would add more depth than what we saw as the main event of our show 
Oh, God. I, like, you know, <laughs> how can you tell us that theory is is the second coming of John Cena and you Where? got him in a right and you got him in a I'm a I'm a big theory guy. I'm a bigger theory guy than most. But where why what mindset do you have that you think this is going to help him? It won't. Like I feel for John Cena who had a month off from his Hollywood schedule and he's coming back for a feud with Theory who can't even clean his boots can even scrub his tennis shoes, can even wear his jorts despite his best attempts for that photo shoot. I just think this is the best we can do for John Cena, 20 years in the game, trying to elevate theory. I don't see it. And I like theory too. I think he has potential, but ironically enough, he was better off being a dumbass in NXT with the way he was great being an idiot. This beefed up. I'm think I'm the best. I'm the youngest United States champion. It doesn't work for me. It's crazy when being an idiot was the most he was ever over. And he actually had a personality that was relatable. I don't know what Vince sees in him besides the body, obviously, and youth because of the Cleopatra egg that popped a rating one Monday in November. And he thought, damn it, this is what we need. But he is going to be Drew McIntyre 2009. By the time this is all said and done, this is too much too soon. And John Cena, his 20th anniversary, deserves a bit more better than Theory, who is going to absolutely ether on the mic whenever they meet up in the next couple of weeks. I... I I think Theory's ready for it because I, I think in the ring he's going to be able to more than back it up. I think that's where I, I think that's where I have no doubts about it. I think in the ring he's going to be really impressive. He's a really impressive wrestler. Like he does things that are really impressive. He's really smooth. He's got great athleticism. It's just you've got to like I want to hear him cut a promo. Like I want to hear him really try to dig into somebody and not just be the guy who's saying things that he knows Vince likes. Like I want to, I want to, I don't think we know if he can really cut a promo because we've never seen it. He's just literally doing what he knows the boss wants. And I can't knock him for that because that's, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do what your boss wants you to do. But I want to hear, I think he's got it in him. And let me tell you, you're only going to sit there and take so much. Before you really respond, you're like, yo, I'm not taking that anymore. Like, yo, I'm, 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 I'm coming back. Like, I'm coming back at you. You're only going to take so much. So if, if we don't see it with this John Cena feud, then I will eat the crow, you know, and I'll admit that. And that's okay if Theory's not this top main eventer, because he's definitely a solid mid-card guy, that you, and there's nothing wrong with that. But if he, if this is, this is the feud that's going to pull it out of him, if he's got it in him. It better. You're representing Atlanta. You're representing me. So you can't hey. have step the A, A-Town down. When you say that, you better represent. Usher didn't play with, yeah, nearly 20 years. Or you better represent with A-Town down. You understand me, Austin Theory? I'm going to call you by your full name. If you let John Cena come up there and embarrass you, I can't claim you as an to alien anymore. I got to revoke you, rebuke you in the name of Outcast. But I'm going to let that go. I'm going to try with him. But he has one month to prove me wrong. That he can have... A great promo battle against John Cena. We shall see. He's getting smoked, I believe, but stranger things have happened. As we move on to what you was about to say, Scott, one more semblance of hope for theory. Nah, I, I, you know, I wasn't gonna say nothing. I was just, you know, you just gotta, you gotta believe, you know, you just gotta believe. Believe or believe. <laughs> 
he needs both. Yeah, and Jesus, but I'm going to pray for him nonetheless because it's not going to be an easy thing to do as we transition to NXT 2.0, which was taped this past week from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we kick things off with an NXT Tag Team Championship match featuring the Creed Brothers versus Malik Blade and Idris Anofe. And I thought this was a good match, but you know, when the show's taped... And you know, you got two green teams in the ring and they're not perfect. And the Crees got exposed just a wee little bit because when you're working green on green, you do tend to make some mistakes. Here's my issue. When my boy Julius Creed went for that finisher, he botched the first attempt. They did not edit it out the show. Let's try it again. And let's go for our finisher from there. Like, can we clean up the spots in post editing to make sure we have a nice cohesive match that's not as bad as it should be? But, you know, I digress. But the body of the match was fine, but it just felt like it was a lot of greenness out there. But I will say I really like the potential of Idris Anofe. The guy's got washboard apps for days, got a fantastic Mr. Dropkick. He's got something. He needs more time. But I see the vision they see if he's given a fair shake moving forward. You know, as I was watching this match, I kept thinking, man, I wish I wouldn't have wasted that Casey and JoJo name on um, Casey and Caden because these two guys, they'd be perfect for them. You know, because I, I was trying to think, what, what, other great, what other great duos do we have that I can name these, these fine two brothers after? You know, the Isley brothers. You know, they came to mind, but I was like, nah, they ain't got soul like the Isley brothers. I, I can't I can't disrespect the Isley brothers like that. So I, I'm I'm still working on them. I you know, I don't want to call them Tito. I don't think either one of them's earned Tito yet. So I, I I can't give them that yet. Maybe day twenty-eight. Maybe a couple members of day twenty-eight. I I think that might fit. But no, I, I think this is the best they've looked as far as a tag team goes. I thought they did pretty good. I thought they looked pretty good. Let me tell you, man, some of those shots that both teams took and gave were like, are y'all really trying to fight? Like, what's like, are y'all like, what's going on afterwards? I hope y'all are buying each other just rounds and rounds because some of those shots are like, God dang. And then you talk about it. Why wouldn't you when when Julius goes and scoops up old boy, why do you need to cut to him dropping him instead of just cutting to when he had him on the way down? Like you do these crazy camera cuts all the time. Nobody would pay it any mind if you just started shuffling the camera around. But no, you want to. That's the time where you don't want to cut the camera at all. That's when you want to do a one take. Oh, let's, let's keep that one taken. Don't cut those cameras. Save those camera cuts for when it really... Save those for the main event. Save them for Joe Gacy so we can camera cut all the droods out. Like, this is ridiculous, man. I have... I have no idea why they wouldn't do better by them. Even the Creeds looked like they were upset with how the finish went out went about. So why I, I have no idea how you don't just make your product look better on a tape show. It's very simple. If it was live, of course, I can forgive it. But this is taped. You saw the mistake. Just edited out the show. I think Gigi Dolan was hurt towards the end. They magically cut to Roxanne pinning her. Like, it right, can be right. done. Like, y'all did Julius dirty. And that's my boy. Y'all did him foul. Like, oh, he fucked up. Let's keep it. Yay. And, 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 and yeah, they busted open Brutus 
like you know can we talk why is brutus always the one that's like selling the most why is this big dude the, the teddy bear like why is he the guy that's always hurting after all the it's never julius julius is always just fired up but brutus is always like got a leg hurt i think his chest was hurting this time his lip was busted open he always looked like he done come out of a fight julius looked like he about to go do a gq model shoot with his with his wrestling gear on like how, how how does that work like that like if i'm brutus i'm like yo how come i'm always coming out looking like i've just been in a fight and you just out here got a couple drops of sweat looking like you about the model like this is ridiculous I'll never forget when they ran the gauntlet and Brutus was like dead. He was like, yeah, like that's what I'm talking about. Like he's he's gasping for air, and Julius is like, "Yo, you alright, bro? What's good? You alright? Yo, let me get that water too. It's the last one. I need that." <laughs> like it, it just baffles me how different they look at the end of the match. And I get it. Brutus definitely took some shots, but you know, I just you know maybe that's just me. Now. As I have explained a couple of times on this show, like Brutus is a seller and Julius is GQ. So bad. Straps down before the match starts. Okay? <sighs> that's that's what he goes with. And then after it's done, I barely did anything. Look at my abs. I look fabulous. And he does. But poor Brutus has gone through three wars in a match. Beat down, knee hurting, back hurting. He's crying. He's be going through it. I feel for Brutus, and he should be the powerhouse, not the guy that gets his ass kicked for 95% of the match. That Garland match was a prime example of he was done. He was like, I can't do it anymore. Judas like, you can get up. Like, no, I can't. I'm tired. That's how the cannonball originated, because he was just too tired to jump, so he just <laughs> paw- curled up in a ball and fell. <laughs> that's, that's how it originated. His last resort. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I noticed that too. Like Brutus, we're going through World War Three every time he's out there and Julius like, hey, photo shoot time. That's what I do. And I don't blame him because you know, when you look that good, you got to do what you got to do, which is what the bare minimum. And I appreciate that. As we segue to the new and improved Cameron Grimes, or is it the new and improved Cameron Grimes? Because one thing I don't like is when somebody comes out to the ring and they try to break the fourth wall. So after Braun Breaker, reigning defending NXT champion, comes out there and he demolishes Duke Hudson. And Duke, like uh, our guy Paul Fontaine toes out on Quinn last week, don't pick up your phone, son. Does not look good for you. Don't pick up the phone because you might get that call, that release call. It's never a good call, but to get demolished like that was not a good look. So after the match was over, Cameron Grimes comes out there. And the one thing I don't like is when you try to come for somebody's bloodline, when you say you're here because of your last name. And I'm like, wait a minute, pause, time out, flag on the play. His last name is Breaker. So there is a whole lineage of breakers I don't know about. Hall of Fame breakers that broke Braun Breaker into this business. So when you come at my guy like that, I'm done with you. Like your promo means nothing to me when you're trying to be so inside baseball. We know who Braun Breaker's father is. It's Rick Steiner, but his name is Braun fucking Breaker on this show. You got here because of your name. Fuck that. And then you talk about like your father was there to see your accomplishments and then my father's not here anymore and I had to go to his grave to say I won the 
big one to take over. Like, you know what? Listen, I feel bad about your loss. I truly do. But don't bring Braun into this mess. Don't try to Charlotte Flair, Braun Breaker, okay? Then you want a chance at the NXT Championship at the Great American Bash and Braun accepts the challenge. It's on in a couple of weeks' time. Fantastic. But the way we got there was so messed up and I could not take it. And then it gets worse as he confronts Malik Blade and Idris Anofe. They want to go to the club. They want to leave work early. And Cameron Grimes shows up and cuts the Ric Flair promo to Carlito. You're lazy. You're this and that. You got all this talent, but all you want to do is go clubbing. All you want to do is blow off steam at the bar. Like, why don't you just stay and put in the work and the effort to be a true star? Be the star that you're meant to be. I'm like, get out of my face, you loser. You lost your last match and you're lecturing me about what I need to do. Like Cameron Grimes, motivational speaker, he can go. And you try to tell two brothers this on Juneteenth week, please. Yeah, you know, that ain't that he, he ain't handing out no reparations for that. So he know better. But to be fair, I, to be fair, I will say this about them two brothers. You know the guy that Samuel Jackson played in Django? <laughs> That's them two. So if so he did pick the right ones. Let me <laughs> let me just say that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch Django, peep out Samuel Jackson's character, come back and look at them and you see it. He picked the right one. So I will say that. Now this whole thing, I mean all he had to say and he would have got a great reaction is he could have just been like, imagine if my, imagine if I had Steiner in my name, you know, cause then, then cause you're right. It's like, well, his last name's Breaker. You know what I mean? But then you do that, then it's like, oh, okay. Cause then it, it plays right into it. You're not insulting anyone's intelligence and then you, and you get a reaction. You get the ooh chant, but no, they don't want to do that. Now they got a whole bunch of people Googling Braun Breaker's dad. Braun Breaker's uncle, Braun Breaker's cousin, Braun Breaker's granddad. It's like, you won't find anything. You're going to find some, (laughs) probably some action Bronson. You know, you'll find some songs. You might find some break dancing, but you're not going to find any Braun Breakers. So it's like, it's just, it's just, it's all ridiculous. I have no faith in this character. Um, I think Cameron Grimes as a wrestler has just been completely underutilized and wasted. Uh, the face turn was, didn't work and that's okay. Sometimes they don't work. Uh, so I'm okay with him doing this kind of, you know, Bo Dallas-esque evil motivational speaker, even though he thinks he's a good guy type thing. And I, you know what? I'm not opposed to him taking um, Idris and Enofu. What are their names? Idris and Malik. Idris and Malik. I gotta, I got, I definitely gotta come up with something for them too. Cause <laughs> I, I'm certainly not gonna, be, I definitely gotta come up with something for them too. I'm, I'm not opposed to Cameron kind of taking them under his wing and having them, you know, be that tag team that work with him. So I, I, there's something, there's an aesthetic that works with those three as I'm looking at, like there's something that works. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, I can agree with that to a point, but just the approach was so, mm, I was not feeling it at all. Like, can we just go to the club? Happy I was here. Like they got like a $20 cover at the club until 11. We're not trying to be late. Can you please let us go? Just saying. They was trying to go meet Casey and JoJo. <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't at the Country Lion Bar this time. There'll be true. no square dancing at the club where they were going to. I can presume. And now we got to talk about the long-awaited debut of Giovanni Vinci. 
now formerly known as Fabian Eichner. And he would be a great candidate for Maximum Models on SmackDown because he was posing in slow motion. He was smiling. He was cheesing. And when the match started, he was still wrestling like Fabian Eichner. This guy is great. He wrestles like the Holy Ghost is trying to escape his body every time he puts in that work. And I love him for that. And this gimmick is incredibly limiting. But Fabian Eichner is so great as a professional wrestler that he'll find some way to overcome it. Like he was healed coming out. But then he gave us baby face at the end via his offense, which is undeniable. And I still wonder why is he not with Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser on SmackDown? That would be the trio. Bloodline, hello. Imperium, hello. New Day, hello. Is right there. And you fumbled the bag. I think if Fabian wasn't going to be a baby face, then there was no reason to break them up. His. His entire moveset, like when when him, when Imperium was really getting over, it was when he was getting like hot tags, you know, and they were the heels. And it wasn't an, an intentional hot tag, but he was just getting a tag and then he would just run wild. I mean, and it was very Cesaro-esque and everyone knows the meme I'm talking about where he hits two of the New Days and takes out both of the Usos and I think he runs through like two other people too. Like... He is that impressive and he he does remind me a lot of Cesaro and kind of he can do a little of everything and I I think he's a better flyer than Cesaro so he's got that on him. So I this him being a heel just doesn't work and I 100% agree with you Keela and I think it would be an excellent way to not only bring him up but to elevate him because you know Max can talk for him. I think him, Tiffany and Grayson Waller I think those are the three you bring up for the for Max's model agency. And I, I think those are excellent candidates because Fabian can work. You know he can carry any type of workload, any match. Tiffany's somebody that you really build and, and you kind of, you know, you slowly bring her in and she can get some wins. Grayson Waller, I think, is somebody who you will all, well, people will already kind of, they, they're not going to like off top because he's already, he's just an annoying pest that you want to smack his glasses off his face when he walks out. So, I think those three, especially with this new gimmick where he's already posing and stuff, and he's got a great look. Like he's a good looking dude. He's a good looking bald dude. You care about everybody ball can't pull that off. Good looking guy, and he can go in the ring. He's perfect for the agency. I love that idea. I hope that's something they do. And if they don't, man, let me see this guy versus Braun. Like you know, oh, let me, yes. you know, just give me, just push him. Let me, just give me him versus Braun and, and let him go. He's so good. I'll never forget like the takeover war games adjacent show last December. And that dude was like a machine against Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly. Like, dude, he was on fire. He's that great. And as a single star, he can just let loose and do what needs to be done. But I think he'll be better off on the main roster as a maximum model alongside Tiffany Stratton, Grayson Waller, and dare I say, pretty deadly as well. That would be the perfect agency. Beautiful. Yes. Oh, that would be so much fun if WWE gave a fuck, but, you know, that's asking a lot. Actually, Pretty Deadly's got to be a shoe-in for that. I, I think they they have, even more so than anybody else, I I mean, what more natural fit can you have than Pretty Deadly being the models for him? You know what I mean? And Tiffany, I think Tiffany has to be a shoe-in too, but Pretty Deadly, what that's that's right there. Yes, and I would not be opposed to a Tyler Breeze cameo. Mm, because yeah. he does work still up, up, down, down. If he makes a cameo appearance with the selfie stick, I would be like in heaven. So 
go there, WWE. Have some fun with the agency to get some people over on Friday Night SmackDown. And we transition to SmackDown by talking about the most important thing besides Vince's maybe two-minute promo. It was the main event. It was Roman Reigns coming off his yacht from his private island to his private jet to Minneapolis, Minnesota to face Riddle for the unis- for the undisputed Universal Championship. And I thought this was a fantastic main event. Riddle and Reigns worked great together. The near falls. We got the return of the 2.99999 count when Roman was almost pinned via an RKO out of nowhere by Riddle who avoided the spear by Reigns. But Riddle goes for a springboard maneuver. He gets speared in midair and Roman retains the Universal Championship. I thought this was a great match. I love the presentation of Riddle. He's so great. Had the fans on their feet for these near falls. Had me believing for a split second and the impossible could happen. But realism set in pretty quickly. There would be no title change. But Roman, you know, for the month he was away from WWE, he longs for moments like this. He comes out there to the superstar reception. He looks like a star. He's very thick these days and eating on vacation. I appreciate that. But that's why you bring him in for moments like this to pop a rating, which was very successful this past Friday night against Riddle for the Universal Championship. One thing I loved about this entire show, actually, and, and it, it wasn't a it wasn't a great show, but what I really liked about this show was they made this match feel like a big deal throughout the entire night. By the time we got to the main event, and they got a good amount of time, and you know, I know they do the old trope of you know the commercials and the entrance. And to be fair, Roman Reigns' entrance is six seven minutes long as it is, but. I, I thought it, it this genuinely had a big fight feel and the crowd was right there. I mean, they, they were with them the entire way. And I think WWE, I don't know if they did this on purpose or if this, if I was just reading and just seeing it this way, but I, if they did this on purpose, they get credit for doing a great job of the last few weeks, establishing riddle, being able to hit that RKO from the corner position while someone is charging at them. Because let's remember last week, he beat Sami Zayn that way. He caught Sami Zayn coming out the corner going for the hell of a kick. No, yeah, going for the hell of a kick. He caught him with the RKO on a counter, similar to what he did with Roman tonight. And I, I you know, part, for me, that's a part of why I bit a little bit more on that finish was because he just did that. That's good storytelling right there. The way he's been able to not only incorporate more of Orton's moves, but they're more effective. Little things like that, like each of those moves are becoming more effective. And I, I can't say enough about this match. I thought it was excellent. I talked about Riddle becoming a main eventer. I think he's there after this match. I, I think he is a made man. And I talked about Rollins winning the money in the bank and Rollins, Riddle can't challenge Roman for a title, you know, as long as Roman's champion. I, I think there is a story to be told with Riddle just holding that briefcase and just saying, as soon as someone else becomes champion, I'm cashing in. And, and that being the story. So then you know, if someone ever beats Orton, Riddle's right there with the briefcase because he he's like, hey, as soon as... As someone beats you, I'll be right there. And I, I think there's a there's a good story of him always lurking in the background, and you know no matter what Roman has going on. So I, I 
I, I love this match. I think it elevated Riddle. The the RKO near fall was excellent. The spear out of midair was an excellent finish. Um, Roman Reigns feels like the biggest star on the show. As he should. And Riddle was really impressive on Friday. He delivered one of the better matches of his career. And I hope the WWE understands that he can be a main eventer. He's there for these moments. He has been an MVP of WWE television and pay-per-views all throughout this year. And in Randy's absence, he can still be that guy that can get over with the people. He's incredibly popular right now. He's confident on the mic. He can be able to give you comedy and seriousness at the same time. And you need that on Monday Night Raw, especially when you're kind of thin in terms of star power. And Roman Reigns, it speaks for himself. He's there. He tells us that he wrecked shop. He's going to go. Acknowledge me, Minneapolis. And before we leave... We got the return of Cowboy Brock Lesnar from his hometown in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He comes out there. The crowd is shocked. Roman cannot believe what he's seeing. He's seeing a ghost from WrestleMania over two months ago. And Brock gets in the ring. He says, hey, Roman, it's all love. I'm going to shake your hand. It's all good. Roman goes for a handshake stupidly and gets F5'd by Brock Lesnar. He F5's the Usos as well. He stands tall. And listen, I love Cowboy Brock Lesnar. Moose hunting, knock-knock joke Brock has been a joy to watch over the last year or so. But I was slightly disappointed in the WrestleMania match involving Lesnar and Roman Reigns because I was promised something by Brock. He said blood for blood. We didn't get no blood at WrestleMania. We didn't get any violence at WrestleMania. We got a very good match. And I could accept it because Brock was in his proper role as being a fun-loving, badass babyface. Roman was in God mode. It was the perfect dynamic for the first time in seven years. And they sold tickets to Atlanta, even though Roman cannot compete due to COVID. They sold out a lot of shows in that stretch heading into WrestleMania. I will reserve judgment until I see how this goes when Brock is doing appearances on SmackDown, on Raw. Same for Roman when he works with select dates. If they're moving tickets for Nashville, as we now know, they will have their rematch at the uh, at the um, Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. A last man setting match has been set and ready to go for SummerSlam in July. If... They move tickets starting now. And if they move tickets for MSG and for any cities they're running together, then I can't say anything about the longevity and the hunger for this feud if the fan base at large wants to see it. Now, if the numbers don't move and the ratings don't pop, then maybe this feud has overstayed its welcome because I can't say something out loud on Twitter and say it's gospel. We went through this at WrestleMania. I said, we said, this is going to be a very good WrestleMania. We were right. I can't say this feud is going to suck because it depends on how the people perceive it when it comes to ticket sales and TV ratings. We'll know in a few weeks, but right now I'm kind of numb to the rematch again because we saw what happened at WrestleMania. But as always, we shall see when it comes to these two and what they can deliver once again via a last man standing match at SummerSlam. I mean, for your second, third, you know, backup option, I don't know how you can go wrong with Brock Lesnar. You know, I so for me, it's it's kind of like it's you know, it's still Brock and Roman, and it's not like these guys are are wrestling 
every every month you know it's not like they're having re it's not like it's you know a rematch every week like we see on raw you know for a month like we'll see we saw a dude dropping bianca belair wrestle once a week for a six weeks straight you know it's not like it's like that and i i get i get all the angles from it you know people are like we just saw this big match they just had and you mentioned they they mentioned they talked about this you know i want blood and all that Maybe this is the get right. Maybe this is the do right. Because maybe they heard everyone say, you let us down a little bit with the match. Not let us down, but it wasn't up to the expectations. The high expectations, but the the expectations that can be met. This last man standing match has that potential to do that. And, you know, the when Roman and, and Brock had their best match, or at least the one I thought, because I thought the Mania match that was really good, but their best match, their first one, the WrestleMania 31, I think, uh, with the Rollins cash-in, I would not be opposed to that happening again, you know, because you can do it in a way where Rollins only takes one of those belts. Keela, you mentioned, you hinted at that of Rollins taking one of those belts and, and taking it to Raw and Roman can continue his historic universal championship reign and we still get Rollins getting a big win. We get a story, a long-term story that comes back. I mean, that's the same triple threat, the same way. Like, I think there's a, a beautiful story there. Rollins is a great guy to carry raw. You know, there's not a... We talk... You know, it's funny. It's funny. We talked about Brock and Roman. You know, this match could overstay its welcome. There's a lot of people who wouldn't mind seeing a Cody Rollins for, you know, and, and, and if we do that, you know, kind of makes me think, man, maybe Rollins should have won the third one. Then Cody can be out for revenge. But regardless, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things you can do with this match. So I, I don't have as much pushback for it as I saw. I saw a lot of pushback for it, but you hear that crowd and it's like, the people still want it. Like the people are still hot for it. And when they start, and I, I get it, it's Minneapolis, so, to be fair, they also did give a standing ovation to Vince McMahon. So maybe they just don't have a clue what they're talking about. So next, like you said, the next couple of weeks will be key. But if they keep getting these reactions, and and maybe if they don't pop a rating, but if the reactions keep happening like this, you know, when they go face to face, and it's because it does still feel like a big match, then I I can't really say it's the wrong move, especially when this isn't your first option and you are going to a backup plan. Even though Lashley's right there. Lashley, Rollins, Riddle, we could have waited, but they went with Brock and it was a surprising pick. I did not expect him to be back this soon to face off against Roman Reigns again, but I'm not angry. I'm just numb to it. But like I said, it depends how the fans react in the arenas and how they react on TV via whether or not they have an interest in this show. If tickets move in Nashville for SummerSlam, that's our answer. This is a marquee match that people want to see, and I can't refute that. Twitter is not the be-all, end-all in terms of critiques and criticisms. It's an eco, it's like an echo chamber of things you want to see and hear sometimes, but ultimately is what the buying customer wants to see. And if tickets move, then this is the match that people want to see again. And it's not a bad match. It's just a match you've seen again and again and again, and the outcome is never really in doubt. But you can foresee something happening regarding one of those belts between now and Clash at the Castle. But I thought this was a fairly good SmackDown, the main event salvaged things. And of course, Minneapolis cheering Vince was definitely a choice, a choice indeed. Was it a good one? I think not. 
Well, like you said, it's, you know, Minnesota is, you know, who knows what's going on over there. You know, they produce people like Brock. Look at, look at Brock Lesnar. That's a that's a specimen. Normal people don't produce things like Brock Lesnar. You know, you, only 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 people from Minnesota could do things like that. And you know what Brock did? He moved to Canada. See, see what I'm talking about? And he was like, yeah, I can't stay here. I, I am not like them. I got to go. Let me get, I, I can't even stay in the country now because of these people. I got to get out of here. I have to move to Saskatchewan and hunt gotta moose. cross the border. Cross the border where there are no phone lines. Only flip phones. But now he's got like a regular phone for the first time ever. He moved to the iPhone 8. After years with that flip phone, he still got a ways to go. That's because he broke it on live TV. <laughs> he sure he was did. like, "Oh, dad, y'all didn't give me my fake one. I broke my real phone. What am I gonna do? I don't remember nobody's number." You know, he got pictures on there. He been trying to figure out how to upload them to the computer. He don't have a you. He don't have the right cords. You know, it's, this is good for Brock. Yes. What is the Instagram? What is that? All right. What is the Facebook? Is that a thing? A face in a book? Is it like a phone book that? Brock still uses to this day. Just saying. Brock might have MySpace. Oh, my God. And Friendster, by the way. I never had Friendster. I know what Brock has. AOL Messenger. No, I did have AIM. AIM. He still got AIM. When I, I, when I was, a, when I was a, a spry teenager, AIM was very popular. Yes. Now, if Brock's using American Online to dial up the modem, we got problems. I remember back when y'all could, if somebody called me while I was on the internet, I got kicked off. <laughs> Same. <laughs> they would disconnect you. Oh, man, that was yeah. the worst. And that phone rang, you was done for. Like, you had to reboot the whole system. People don't know that the struggle. Oh, they don't, they don't know the struggle of me trying to download, illegally download these songs. And I'm, I'm halfway through and somebody and my grandma called me. And so she she the reason I can't download Kiss Me Through the Phone by Soldier Boy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you use Napster to do it? Nah, it was Livewire. Oh, my God. I was, a, I was a Livewire guy. Oh, my goodness. The struggles of AOL, the 45-day free trial with the disc. Oh, I love those days. But that modem was a bitch. Really you gotta was. Have, you got to have separate phone lines. You got to have your own personal phone line. Yes, to make sure it does not ring when you're using the computer. Right. And this is our 2003 lesson of the day, children, of what <laughs> the internet was nearly 20 years ago. Oh, man. They have the memories. You have no idea the struggle was real. Between that and burning CDs, struggles was real. They, they don't even know what a CD is. That's insulting. Like a CD is still the holy grail to me in terms of great music that is not processed through a computer. But we're going to teach them. They will learn the greatness of CDs and old school technology. But before we go, we got to reveal, and I think this is pretty unanimous, the best damn television match from WWE this week. So Scott, I can only guess what this match is going to be. Something we probably just discussed on this show. Yeah, absolutely. It's the well, actually, we didn't talk about it. It's the uh, Druids match versus uh, the uh, Randoms. I thought that was a classic in tag team wrestling. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I I, I thought I, 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 I thought, again. <laughs> you know on a on a show that has a Steiner. 
you know, who, who, who's the only reason he's champion is because he's a, he's a break. I'm sorry. He's a breaker. Um, I thought the Steiners would have been proud at, at the, the display there. Um, no, it's you know, I think you're right. It's, it's definitely the riddle, or at least for me, it's the riddle Roman match. I thought it was excellent. It was, it, it lived up to the billing and I thought it, it lived up to the hype. And I don't think there should be any questions going forward about riddle as a main eventer. I think he's solidified himself as a main eventer. And let me also say, whenever Randy comes back, oh my God, the pop he is going to receive. I almost wish it was him that's going to take the title off of Roman because that's a that would be a great story. But you know, you got Drew, you got Cody. There's a lot of younger people who need it more than Orton. But man, that's a great story if Orton were to be the guy to take that title off of him. That would be incredible. And the pop he would get if he comes back at the Warrior Rumble next year between the Cody pop and the Orton pop, Lord have mercy, they would just cry in the stands. I think Randy might cry too because I think he's having the time of his life and it's cut short right now due to a back injury, which sucks, but he will be missed. He'll be back better than ever. And that pop will be everything sometime next year. And to piggyback quickly on the Dyad's debut on NXT 2.0, I have never seen a more nondescript match of just people (laughs) moving, people just doing moves with zero charisma. Like, like I was this, talking about with Champa, right? Just, yes. just he's just just a body. He's just a bodies. body. These were shadows. Like, th- like, oh my god! Honestly, this was reverse luchadors. Just <laughs> blank spaces, like robes moving, empty faces. Like, what in the fuck was this? I know, I know, it was young veterans. Finest. I mean, really, this is top tier Joe Gacy shit. That was embarrassing. To is that who it was? Nothing. No, yeah, Grizzly Young Veterans is who it was. Oh wow. They listen. The only way I know that's who they are is because of their finisher ticket to mayhem, and they modified it a bit. I know who they are, but to be nothing in that match, to show nothing besides your finisher, Lord. Oh my God. Terrible, but my pick also goes to Roman Reigns and Riddle for the Universal Championship. A fantastic main event on SmackDown got the time, and both men showed up and showed out in a big way. And Riddle should be cemented as a main eventer moving forward. And Roman is that dude all day, every day. And I just thought that was a great way to wrap up the show with the Cowboy Brock Lesnar surprise at the end. And with that, this wraps up a very newsworthy, informative, entertaining, and shady edition of the Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Sponsored by the 2022 NBA champions, Golden State Warriors. So, Scott, thank you for joining me for this impromptu celebration of the greatest team who have ever lived in the 21st century. (laughs) You can't even say that with a straight face. Yeah, I'm laughing. You, I'm laughing. Yeah, you you can't even say that with a straight <laughs> face. But you know, a couple things. First off, I still hate basketball. I hate the Warriors. Um, Keila, you and I have beef uh, as always. Well, as well at least as it's going to be for the next 365. It is not a pleasure chopping it up and talking all things WWE with you. But I will be back next week. I am almost fully out of the the pool of of tears and sorrows that I I cried myself into this weekend. So I'm almost fully out of it by the next show. I, I should be fully recovered, but I think the parade's coming, so I might have another setback here shortly. Follow me on Twitter at Knee4MarvelVerseDC if you want to see more of my meltdown.
Yes, Scott's misery is what I live for. And even though the season's over, I can still hit him with shots during free agency, which is coming up very soon. So I can't wait to tell him of all the warriors to come. You got no money. Build up money. Drafting is very important. We got people coming in from the G League. We got people coming in that's going to bolster this team to the next level, along with the seasoned vets. They won't. This is a dynasty built on greatness, built on special talent. Built on ball kickers like Draymond Green. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's what it's built on. Ball kickers like Draymond Green and kneecap pullers like Jordan Poole. All of them dirty. They all play dirty. Let's not forget what Zaza did to Kawhi Leonard. Let's not forget where 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 the, the landing zone rule came from. I'm sorry. Now... Thank you for shouting out the greatness of the Detroit Pistons of the 2020s. That's what they are. That's what Is they that are. what they are? <laughs> I mean, you know, they have tactics. Yeah, they're, the, they're the Bruce Bowens of the 2020s. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That's what now. they are. They're Let's, the Bruce Bowens. We're not he was infamous for that. Well, to a point, but hey. They're the champions. They're the champs they are, the cha- here. they are the champions. They are the champions. Undeniable. And I'm very proud of them. At Scott's distress, I live off his misery. And I will Ugh. continue to do so for the next year or so. I cannot wait until they get their rings in October. And I can oh come here and I can count the carrots on those rings. I'll be on vacation. <laughs> he won't. Hey, hey, Garrett, Garrett. Hey, go ahead. Go ahead and book me for a vacation whenever they have the parade, when they had a ring ceremony. Hey, I won't be here those weeks. I'm going to go ahead. I'm gonna, hey, I'm putting PTO in right now. He'll be here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't you doubt that for a second. <laughs> He'll be here and I'll rub it in his face just to say this could have been Boston. This could have been any other team you would have piggybacked off of. But no, greatness cannot be denied. And with that, we'll be back next week covering all things WWE. Hopefully, it's a quieter week, but knowing WWE, nothing is really quiet. But we'll have it all covered as we get closer and closer to Money in the Bank on Saturday, July 2nd on Peacock. So for myself and renowned Golden State hater Scott Young, that's a wrap on all things WWE.